I recently had a conversation with a lifelong Democrat who told me they were now going to be voting for Donald Trump. And I found that funny because one of the arguments you often hear from the left is that people are abandoning all principles simply because someone was annoying on the internet. That's a very simplistic straw man uh, argument for what's actually going on. What's happening is that long-standing institutions are being corrupted by a fringe authoritarian ideology, and it's not doing what they think it's doing. Now, on the surface, it appears that many people embrace this ideology and absolutely hate the president. But as the data shows, it's not true. Trump actually has a secret support base. Now, Trump supporters know this because they know many people who are scared to say they support the president because they could lose their jobs or be blacklisted. In fact, recently, we saw a story where Deborah Messing and Eric McCormick of Will and Grace were calling for a list of Trump supporters in which they, uh, so, th- so that they could know who not to work with. So yes, Trump supporters absolutely are concerned that if they speak out about woke outrage, they will lose their jobs and their, lives, their livelihood will be threatened. But it's not stopping them from voting. They just go and vote in secret. We then end up seeing stories like this. I got a bunch of data to go through. Today, I want to talk about secret Trump supporters and secret conservatives. We have this story from the other day, The College Fix. 73% of Republican students have withheld political views in class for fear their grades would suffer. But we also have a story about secret voters favoring Trump two to one in the 2016 election. I believe in 2016, but this story is from May 21st. Guess what? When the woke outrage comes to shut down things we like, People don't just silently agree. They silently disagree. They pretend to support this this outrage culture. But behind the scenes, they're going to go vote for Trump. This is skewing the results of polls, and it's skewing the effect on the media. Here's what's happening. You have people in media who don't see dissent. So then they say, hey, we must be in the right, and they continue this purity spiral. Democratic 2020 candidates then agree with the purity spiral and regular Americans are slowly backing away. You know why? We like jokes. We like having fun, as evidenced by Dave Chappelle's latest special. Dave Chappelle's special was important for one reason. Here's a guy who didn't change. He's still in your face. He's still offensive. He's still funny. And that's what people want. They don't want things they like to be corrupted. Look at Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. Once a great hero and something of inspiration became a whiny loser in the latest movies. It makes people sad. Check this out. Dave Chappelle, which I covered this yesterday, 16,000 audience reviews, 99%. That's nuts. It's a lot of people to give it five stars over and over again. And of course, out of nine critic scores, he's got 33% because the critics are wrong. They live in this weird world that doesn't really exist. So let's do this. First, I want to read about these college Republicans who are hiding their views and pretending not to be conservative, but I want to show you some real examples of how the mainstream is pushing back and saying enough. Although I can't say that the woke outrage culture is going to lose anytime soon, there are at least some examples like Adult Swim, Dave Chappelle, and The View saying, knock it off. Will it work out in their favor? We'll see. Let's get started with this story. Now, before we do, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's a PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address. The best thing you can do, however, just share this video on social media because YouTube deranks channels like mine and other independent political commentators in favor of CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. So if you do like it, sharing this is the most effective way to help. But let's read. The College Fix reports. 
A survey of 1,000 Republican and Republican-leaning college students has found that nearly three-quarters of them have withheld their political views in class for fear their grades would suffer. The online poll was conducted in late August exclusively for the College Fix by College Pulse, an online survey and analytics company focused on college students. Only students who self-identify as Republican or Republican-leaning were polled. The question asked, have you ever withheld your political views in class for fear that your grades would suffer? 73% of students who identify as strong Republican reported that they had, while 71% of students who identify as weak Republican said yes. Even students who identify as Republican-leaning independents indicated they've kept quiet. 70% reported they have withheld their political views uh, to protect their grades. What's interesting is I identify as a Democrat leading independent, and I can assure you there are many people I know who are unwilling to speak up about this. Now, you all know I am more than willing to speak up about everything because I do it all day, every day with no days off. But as I mentioned early on, I was talking to somebody who was a lifelong Democrat who said that effectively, it's not about whether they agree with Trump's policies or not. It's that the Democrats and the establishment need a wake up call. They've gone nuts. They aren't talking to regular people anymore. And so now you have a few different groups of Trump supporters who don't actually like Trump. You have the Bernie or bust types, the people who are saying we need a legitimate politician who cares about the people, a left wing populist. And if the DNC establishment is going to take that away, we'll vote for Trump. Now on policy, they really disagree with Trump, though they probably agree with some issues like trade. You then have the chaos vote. People who want to vote for Trump simply because it will bring about complete chaos. You then have the secret Trump voters, people who really do agree with him, but don't want to let anyone know. And then you have the rage and revenge voters, people who would probably much prefer a Democrat, but want the Democrats to learn a lesson. They want to inflict some kind of warning or suffering. Maybe suffering is the wrong word, but they want to send a message. They're not necessarily chaos voters, but they want to vote for Trump because they want the Democrats to learn you did wrong. Take a look at this story. So that's a decent group of voters. Admittedly, the secret Trump voters do like him. But you then have these other groups that don't actually like the president, but they're going to vote for him anyway. And look, this is probably why he won in 2016. It's, I should say, well, it is a contributing factor to why he won. Obviously, he got the votes. He didn't get the popular vote. But the media couldn't see it coming because of this. The polls can't tell you if people secretly support the president or not. But when you come for Dave Chappelle, they're coming for South Park now. Okay, when you come for South Park, check out the story from Vice. This story is called South Park uh, made it cool not to care. What then the world changed. They say 20 years after the groundbreaking South Park movie, is it time for the show's proudly childish point of view to grow up? No. The last thing they say in this long story is that uh, South Park can never be what it was back in bigger, longer, and uncut days because too much has changed. Today's most most urgent cultural battles are less about top-down censorship and more about the ways the nuances of policy, language, and representation can hurt historically marginalized people, in part because social media has ensured that these people are finally having their concerns heard. If we dismiss these discussions as authoritarian censorship, we'll be betraying everything that made South Park great in the glory days of Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. The movie is a story about a bunch of people who start off caring about something they think is a threat and then get so caught up in fighting that they end up hurting everyone around them. A lot of people could still benefit 20 years later from taking note of the movie's message, including Matt Stone and Trey Parker. 
How blind do you have to be? How insane do you have to be to write that paragraph? A movie about morally outraged people who realize they were wrong and trying to use that to claim your moral outrage is correct? No, you're not doing what you think you're doing. Your moral grandstanding is creating secret Trump voters. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, man. There are people I have known in my life, and I, I, I can't, I can't say their names. I can't have them on because they're scared. This is a fact, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. The left likes to say, well, if the people exist, prove it. Why? So that you can leak their information and threaten to dox them? That's what they do. Look at this story from July. UT freshmen threatened with, re- threatened with release of personal info if they join conservative groups. You think my friends want to come onto a, 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 my show where I get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views and express their concerns about the Democratic Party? Why? So they can have their life destroyed? No, they don't want to do that. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm disappointed. Absolutely. I am absolutely disappointed in the people who are refusing to stand up. But at least, at least in private, they can still have some kind of, you know, there's still something they can do. While I personally wouldn't recommend voting for Trump simply because you're mad at the Democrats, there are a lot of people who will. And I can't blame them. There are also a lot of people, the people I'm referring to, who tell me they won't vote Democrat. They won't, they won't vote for Trump, but they won't vote Democrat. So what then happens? If you look at the 2020 field, you, you, you see no real strength. Okay, it's a lot of wishy-washy and a lot of weakness. And Trump's going to win on the incumbent advantage, the economy, and sheer force of will. Donald Trump is boisterous and loud, and he can push people down. That is more than any of the Democrats have to offer. But take a look at everything that's going on. People are hiding their views in college. So these secret Trump voters exist. Whether they were made Republican by the woke outrage or not, you can't see it. And this contributes to woke outrage because so long as people don't stand up and tell these people they are crazy weirdos, they continue to, to hold power in media. And that's one of the reasons they don't like me. Oh, some of them will try to claim I'm conservative. I'm not. And then when it's convenient, Vice will say I'm an, I'm an online lefty, which they literally did, because it has to suit their agenda. But they don't like me because I have no problem saying I'm a moderate-leaning Democrat, and I don't like you. I don't like your authoritarian censorship, and I don't like the fact that you're now going after South Park. I watch Family Guy all the time and American Dad, and they make extremely offensive jokes all the time. Let's read a little bit more of the story, and then I want to show you this example from Adult Swim. Pushing back and boy, is this comic amazing. Adult Swim published a comic. Um, I, I have the guy's name pulled up. We'll get to it because it's, it's like, uh, what is it? Um, Brecht Vanden Broek? I can't. Sorry. But he's making fun of the press. And now he's being accused of being transphobic. So let's read this a little bit more from the College Fix because I want to get into these college students who know if they, rep- if they write a, sto- uh, a, a, a paper, they can get their grades. Their grades will be hurt. Check this out. They say, In the comment section of the survey, where students have the option to weigh in on the topic after they've answered, several offered various anecdotes among them. Someone said, you should be inclusive uh, inclusive of everyone's views. Their their quote, that abortion is bad. No, not like that. We've heard that before. Check this one out. This this person wrote at Clemson, when writing papers for gen ed classes, absolutely. I know a guy who chose to write a pro-border wall argumentative essay for our super liberal professor. And the prof just wrote, this whole paper is one big fallacy and bombed him. Me? I wrote about the evils of horse racing. Pretty safe topic. This person at UCSD said, not for fear of a bad grade, but fear of being a social outcast. So here's what happens. You have all of these people 
who love what Dave Chappelle said. All of it. It was just funny. And they're scared. So they won't speak up. But I'll tell you what, in secret, they will vote for Trump. But I'm really, I'm really interested to see this pushback. Adult Swim published a comic. Let me show you the comic first. It says, Adult Swim Sunday Comics by Brecht Vanden Broek. First, we can see a bunch of men wearing, I guess, a dress. They're very masculine with big arms, but they're dressed like women and they have beards, but they also have like women's hairstyles. This is why they were accused, this uh, comic artist was accused of being transphobic. These four men, well, there's more. They're all shocked, looking up. Oh my God, it's coming. We have to hide. Quick, in here. And they all run into a cave. What were they running from? A gigantic floating concrete, the truth in the sky. But safely in their cave, they start spray painting lies on the walls. Someone has a piece of paper with a unicorn and he writes lies. And then someone said with his MacBook, he says, oof, at least in here we can safely work on our journalism. What an amazing comic. A lot of people uh, would, uh, I should say the narrative is that it's only Trump supporters who believe mainstream news is fake news or the enemy of the people. Yet this is Adult Swim. Now, some might say, well, maybe Adult Swim just didn't really understand what, was, what the comic was about. Uh, no, I, I think they understand what the comic's about. Jo- oof, now we can work on our journalism hiding from the truth. Now, the comic artist made a really interesting point, And I think it's, it's here at the bottom saying, uh, let, let me get to it. He basically says, let's read this. Vanden, uh, okay, Vandenbroek is his name, is, is a full name appears to be addressing the criticism for the comic shared to the Adult Swim account on Wednesday. He said, well, first of all, it's a joke on the difficult state of journalism today, of course, with sloppy Twitter journalism in echo chambers and sometimes badly researched articles that can be that can easily be verified by the public and constant corrected articles after their publication. Vandenbroek wrote, he said in another message that he is gay himself and his characters come from that place. This is really funny. This guy says he's gay. He, he, he writes, he makes comics that frequently use these characters. No, it wasn't intending to show trans characters. Those are just characters that he, he writes. He writes non-binary characters. He's actually kind of a bit uh, of a leftist himself, but he's criticizing woke journalism. And of course they are outraged by it. But I will tell you what, there's a reason why this comic wasn't taken down and why it's not getting ratioed because regular people agree with this. They're sick and tired of this. Another one of this man, uh, Vandenbroek's comics. It's a bunch of angry people. There's another one of his androgynous characters uh, uh, sculpting a big, a big, <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it, but it says, it, it's, it's a statue that says, it's a joke. And there's an angry person that says, is he serious? And here they come with pitchforks and torches. That's how regular people feel. You don't believe me? Well, first, I can show you a million times, Dave Chappelle. We get it, man. We get it. The critics are a weird elite class holding a fringe ideology that people don't care for. And 16,221 people, 99% love Dave Chappelle. But check this out. Justin Roiland. I hate to bring him into this, but, but you got to. He's the creator of the wildly popular Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is a great show. I love the show. This is an archive of one of his tweets because he deleted it. Justin Roiland tweeted, extremism is bad no matter what ideology you adopt. And he linked to an article which shows this far left SJW type professor. Now we can't actually see the image because it's been archived. At least I'm pretty sure it won't. Okay, here we go. The the image says lecture tells students white people dangerous if they don't see race. This was tweeted out by Justin Roiland. 
someone who is not into, you know, the mainstream politics stuff. He's somebody who is doing a cartoon for adults that's meant to be funny. He deleted the tweet because, well, you know what's going to happen. When you call out woke outrage, they come for you. But But it shows us that there are people who are secretly sick of this. And I will stress too, it's really funny how I kind of, I've always kind of felt like, you know what? I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm going to push back on these lunatics, not Justin, Justin's great. I'm going to push back on the woke outrage, but this, you know, pointing to this crazy woman talking about white people because I believe in it. I believe it's right. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. I'm sorry to the woke outrage. You know, they tried to shut down one of an event I was sponsoring. They weren't able to, because I don't care you can call me whatever you want. I just don't care, man. Let me tell you something. I've been homeless. I've been rock bottom. You can take everything away from me and I just don't care. It makes it easy for me. But a lot of people are scared they'll lose their show. They'll lose their job. They're scared that if they come out and say they're sick and tired of the outrage, people like Deborah Messing and Eric McCormick will demand a list of their names so they'll never support their projects and they'll boycott them. So yeah, people don't want to say these things. They don't want to speak up. But they'll give that rating. At least some people will. Trump supporters, the overt ones, have no problem telling the woke left to buzz off. But a lot of people are scared. I think Trump is going to win 2020 in a landslide. You know why? Because it's only gotten worse. The woke outrage has only gotten worse. And take a look at this. You can have your fringe minority of media personalities giving a 33% rating to Dave Chappelle, but the masses like it. The masses like the comedy. I turn on uh, Family Guy. You know, Family Guy comes on maybe like 30 times per day on basic cable, probably more than that. At any given time, I seriously can find a channel running an, episode of, uh, running an episode of Family Guy. And what does Family Guy do all the time? They make fun of everyone and minority jokes and Jew jokes. And it's particularly offensive stuff, but it's mainstream. And it's a wildly populator, wild, wildly popu- uh, popular syndicated show. You see, I accidentally mix those words together. It's, a, it's, it's heavily syndicated across multiple networks and everyone loves it. And so is American Dad. American Dad's extremely offensive. They had an entire episode where they went to uh, Saudi Arabia and made fun of, of the culture there. But this is what we get. If you come out and try and push back on this stuff, they'll dox you. And when they dox you, you lose your job. So what happens? They secretly vote for Trump. So this is not a new phenomenon. Check out this story from The Guardian in 2016, before Trump was even elected. Quote, not even my wife knows. Secret Donald Trump voters speak out. But this is from March 2016. So it says, we asked Guardian readers who are voting for Trump why they support him. From firm conservatives to fed up liberals, their answers were revealing. Fed up liberals. Isn't it really funny? I added disaffected liberal to my Twitter profile because that explains me pretty, pretty well. The DNC stole it from Bernie. I think Bernie's kind of gone off the handle, especially with the climate change stuff. So, but I'm a big fan of Tulsi, but I digress. I don't want to get into all that stuff now. In, in, In 2016, the DNC played their hand and it was offensive to many people who thought that there was a chance that they could get a politician and they liked. So a lot of these people went Bernie or bust. A lot of these people were chaos voters. A lot of them were secret Trump supporters. But we, you, you can see that this narrative isn't new. But it's still funny then, because they try and act like I'm a conservative. They call Dave Rubin a conservative. No, Dave Rubin is someone who has been beaten down so often by the woke outrage left that he said, enough. And guess what? And this is a problem for all you liberals out there. And, I, and I'm getting, I, I really am disappointed in all the liberals and, I'm, and, and it's, it's, it's frustrating. Okay. Dave Rubin 
was being beaten down by the woke outrage nonsense. And he called out and said, what's happening? Why are people doing this? And who were the only people standing up and saying, come over and have a conversation? Why it was conservatives and Trump supporters and some people who didn't like Trump were conservative. So Dave's looking around saying, anybody? I mean, and and this is true of me as well. We're we're, we're sitting here going like, does anybody want to stand up with us on the left and tell these people to knock it off? No? Okay. So Dave, very much so, you know, uh, shifted to the right. I think that's his own words. I don't want to, I I, I hate how they try and smear him as conservative all the time. Although being conservative isn't necessarily a smear, you can see what they're trying to do. In the end, you'll find people like me making tons of videos about far left Democrats, their insane policies, and I'm getting sick of it. I used to be much further to the left and now I'm just a moderate. You know why? It's really simple. I had a conversation recently with Steven Crowder and he made some really great arguments. And I said, yeah, I got to be honest. Uh, um, you know, I don't think I know everything. And there was a lot of things I couldn't, I couldn't argue back. Because unfortunately, instead of presenting arguments and being smart, many on the left have just resorted to outrage or they've stopped talking. And because of that, regular people who are looking for answers don't know what the left is actually proposing outside of insanity, woke outrage. No, don't get me wrong. There's some good policies like Elizabeth Warren going after big tech. I get it. I like Tulsi Gabbard on a lot of issues. Like, num- like one of the biggest things is private prisons, I think, are really, really bad. And that includes detention centers uh, for, for uh, um, illegal immigrants, etc. I get it. But I want to hear real arguments from the left. Unfortunately, what's dominating the left today is woke outrage. Look at this. Oh, this comic, how dare he? And everyone gets angry. And here we go, like clockwork. And Dave Chappelle, oh, what a tired and lazy routine. And we can see, uh, look at this one. This is a story from May, CNN. Trump backers who are afraid, who were afraid to tell their loved ones. The narrative persists. So I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you take a look at these contemporary examples. A new poll showing Republicans in college are hiding their political views. They'll get failed and they'll be social outcasts. You can see Adult Swim now pushing back, saying enough. Dave Chappelle pushing back, saying enough. Even Justin Roiland saying enough. But I tell you what, this may be good news, but it doesn't mean the woke left is losing. It doesn't. It just shows you that regular people don't like it. However, take a look at this story. Symbol for hate groups. Couple told to remove Betsy Ross flag from soccer game. I think I'll, I'll, I'll do a bigger deep dive on the Betsy Ross stuff later on. But this shows you. I believe there are a lot of people who are living under the boot of the regressive outrage cancel culture left because they believe this group is stronger than they really are. They're not. And I've just proven it. You know how? I put on an event and hosted all of the speakers I wanted. Now, the theater did kick us out. Yep, that's true. And, and, and we had a contract with them, so they're going to have to pay. And we'll, we'll see where we go with this. But, the, you know, the gears are turning. We're not going to take this laying down. But the venue across the street, the bar, refused to back down. And we still had our event with no problems. Well, I shouldn't say with no problems, but the, the-, the theater canceling our contract was a serious setback for us. But we still won. We've proven that all of their loud, noisy words can do nothing if you don't let them. So it's about time people stood up and joined Dave Chappelle and joined Adult Swim and told these people to shut their mouths because we don't care. We want to be free. We want to fight for what we believe in. But we also want to laugh at jokes and enjoy a chicken sandwich. So you know what? You're not doing what you think you're doing. The outrage of the left is creating a large group of people who don't even necessarily like Donald Trump, but are going to vote for him anyway, because they are sick of the BS. I guess we'll see what happens come 2020. Stick around. Next segment will be coming up at uh, 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel, and I will see you all there.
According to a document published by Yahoo News, the FBI is tracking protest groups as extremist organizations. You know, the media is trash. It's, it's absolutely biased trash. I read through this story and they're trying to frame it up as though the FBI is overreaching and going after just little old activists who want to wiggle little signs. That's not what's happening. The FBI is concerned about the escalation of terror incidents on immigration facilities, of which I believe there have been five, four of which targeted ICE. One recently targeted a, uh, uh, just an immigration office, not an ICE office or anything. Someone threw a Molotov cocktail into it. We have Antifa, roving bands of black clad individuals, beating people, threatening people, calling these things concentration camps. And a guy showed up in Tacoma with a rifle, firing at the building and police and throwing firebombs. That's what the FBI is concerned about. Thank you, Yahoo, for calling them protest groups. Are you nuts? So I start reading this, but I actually looked, I actually went through the document a little bit. I've skimmed it so far. And they're talking about an an increasing risk of armed conflict. They're not talking about little old hippie dippy bleeding hearts. They're talking about black clad lunatics wearing body armor with guns, armed conflict. That's Antifa. So let's read this story. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate. If you would like to support my work, there's a PayPal option, a crypto option, and a physical address. The best thing you can do is share this video just to help spread the news. I am competing with YouTube's algorithm, which doesn't like independent political commentary. They prop up CNN and Fox News. The best way to overcome this, you share the video on whatever platform. If you think the content is worth sharing, let's read. They report Yahoo News. The FBI is monitoring groups on the border that are protesting U.S. immigration policy, according to a document obtained by Yahoo News. The FBI has gathered intelligence from people with direct access to the organizations and is monitoring their social media, according to the document, called an external intelligence note. That was a, we get it, Yahoo News. We, we, we get that you got the note. Thank you. The note, which was produced by the FBI office in Phoenix and sent to other law enforcement and government agencies, said their indications these groups are increasingly arming themselves and using lethal force to further their goals. However, almost all of the evidence cited in the report involved nonviolent protest activity. And that, and fine, but that's probably missing the context of the dude who was firing at a building and the woman who threw a Molotov cocktail. So perhaps it wasn't intended for you who's operating outside the, 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 the larger context of what the FBI is talking about. The intelligence collected and cited in the FBI document dated May 30th, 2019, is worrisome to activists and civil rights advocates who say that the government is classifying legitimate government opposition and legally protected speech as violent extremism or domestic terrorism. Okay, okay, hold on. It's great. The documents from May 30th. Ah, May 30th. See, that was well before the woman walked into an immigration office with a Molotov cocktail and threw it. Fortunately, she failed because she didn't know what she was doing. So they were right. There have been five attacks on immigration, okay? I don't, I don't have all the dates of them pulled up, but at least some of them came after this document. So it looks like the FBI was correct, and it's starting to happen. The document raises potential legal concerns in a gray area not yet tested by the courts. Jeffrey Stone, a University of Chicago law professor, told Yahoo News. If you're investigating anti-war and anti-Trump groups, you run the risk of interfering with free speech rights. You do, absolutely said Stone, who was tapped by President Barack Obama to help review foreign intelligence surveillance programs following the Edward Snowden disclosures. In a statement to Yahoo News, an FBI spokesperson described the internal intelligence note about the border protest groups as part of routine information sharing among law enforcement agencies and emphasized that it contained the perspective of the Phoenix office. And I will also add, I don't know at which point 
uh, the date of which they published this. But right now there is an active, you know, border protest in El Paso where the art they put out, the flyers for it, depicted people murdering ICE agents. So when the FBI says they're talking about armed conflict, when there was an FBI report months ago about groups trying to arm on the southern border, and then they say, hey, there's a real risk these groups are arming up. And then a woman shows up to an immigration facility, throws a Molotov cocktail, a guy shows up in Tacoma. Come on, man. Are you, are you, are you not reading the news? Journalism is dead. These people didn't do a simple Google search. Okay, here's what you do. You want to talk about the appropriate way to cover news? First, the document's dated May 30th. Fine. Now, track anything that happened after May 30th until now. And then you can say, the FBI was wrong. Nothing has happened, though. If nothing happened, you could say the FBI is concerned, though we haven't seen any, 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 any direct action. However, the FBI was concerned, and then people started attacking immigration facilities. So what are you complaining about? The context of this piece makes no sense. Quote, these products are intended to be informative in nature, the FBI spokesperson said, and as such, they contain appropriate caveats to describe the confidence in the sourcing of information and the likelihood of the assessment. Additionally, when written at a local level, these products will note that the perspective offered may be limited to the field, field office's area of responsibility. So they have a source, they claim. They say the person has direct access to these organizations. They're also monitoring social media, and they believe the groups are increasingly arming themselves. Perhaps they have a source. Why should I not trust the FBI, but trust these media organizations? Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of reasons not to trust the FBI. And I typically err on the side of, I don't trust the FBI. But I will stress, we've seen a lot of stories. I've personally witnessed the activities of Antifa and, and, and their you know, associated groups. And we've seen the escalation of violence. So when I look back to May and they say increasing risk of armed conflict, I'll be like, yep, they were right. While the external uh, intelligence note was originally generated by the FBI's Phoenix office, it was distributed widely throughout the Bureau and to other law enforcement agencies around the country. Mike German, a former FBI special agent and fellow at NYU who has written extensively about surveillance of activists, sees the document as evidence of the Bureau's overreach when it comes to classifying domestic groups as terrorist threats. He goes on to talk about 9-11. I'm not going to get into all that. The Justice Department, which first created guidelines for domestic investigations in the 70s amid fallout from law enforcement's response to the anti-war movement, has modified those policies over the years in response to a series of questions about the authority under which it, which it can investigate border protest groups. The FBI referred Yahoo News to the most recent publicly available guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. We get it. I'm not... Uh, okay, let's worry we'll a little bit more. I, I have another story. It's, it's bigger news. That report found that the factual basis for opening some investigations into advocacy groups... Okay, I don't care about this. Um, sure. I'm not going to read through all of this, but they do hold this photo. Well, okay. Okay. So there's some, some interesting stuff here, actually. They go on to show, let's, let's read. Okay. I got to read this. They say FBI Phoenix assesses anarchist extremists. AEs very likely are increasing the targeting of us government law enforcement personnel and facilities along the Arizona border, increasing the risk of armed conflict. The note said FBI Phoenix also assesses Arizona based AEs likely are increasing increasingly arming themselves and using lethal force to further their goals and in confrontations with ideologically opposed groups. The note tied the potential for increased protest activity and by extension violence to opposition to President Trump's immigration policies with immigration issues unlikely to be resolved soon. It said the anarchist extremist threat to Arizona likely will grow in intensity and frequency. And I completely agree with that. The note went on to show some of the evidence behind these conclusions, citing two separate reports from the DHS 
that identified posts written by activists online, including one that called for actions to disturb the daily operations of the border by fighting ICE and the border industrial complex. And then you have this guy, Corey Lemley, holding a gun from his personal Facebook page. I don't know who that guy is. They say it also cited a tweet written by, in May by Corey Lemley, the activist in Tennessee. Every ICE detention center shall be taken over with ICE employees detained until every immigrant is freed. Lemley is a 28-year-old videographer, told Yahoo News his tweet was not meant to be a threat, and he does not advocate proactive violence. The resistance is going to take many shapes and many different forms, said Lemley. Right now, we do not have any plans to have an armed rebellion or armed resistance against the state. Though he does post photos of himself armed, and there have been other groups that have taken action against the state, sure. Look, I'm no fan of the government, don't get me wrong. But uh, I also think extremist groups taking extremist actions held by a fringe minority is not a good thing, especially when they kill innocent people. There are photos of Lemley holding guns on his personal Facebook page. However, he said all the pictures showed him in legal possession and did not indicate any threat. He's absolutely right. 100% correct. He's legally allowed to have that gun and, and, and do what he's doing. So I want to make sure that's absolutely clear. You know, I, I think it would be hypocritical for people to look at that photo and then shriek and then demand action from the government. No, no, no. You're legally allowed to own guns in this country. Um, this is the thing about red flag laws, right? Would that be a red flag? I think it would be wrong regardless. I think, look, the FBI can track people who might be threats, and that's, you know, what they should be doing. Um, I don't, I don't want to—this is such a long story, and I think we get the point. There's a reason why I'm trying to get off of it already, though, because I feel like they're going through a lot of what we already know. They, uh, they say, you know, this guy is questioning why the FBI would be targeting Antifa. Well, let's do this, because I need to cram these stories together, because I think what we're seeing is law enforcement and the government is no longer, or they're beginning to take a harder stance against Antifa and the far left, which is good news. So what I want to get across with this story, and I hope I did, is that the FBI is now concerned about armed conflict from far left, you know, organizations. The other day, okay, so, so this is a different story, but it's important. A bunch of Antifa people were protesting the straight pride parade. Several cops were injured. Some of the charges were like disorderly conduct. The prosecution and the defense wanted to have the, some charges dismissed. A judge, the judge on the, on the case refused and said, absolutely not, which was shocking because the prosecutor and the defendant said, wait, what? Here's what gets interesting. The defense attorney started reading case law. The judge told her to stop. She kept going. He had her charged with contempt or held in contempt. Check this out. Lawyer defending protester of straight pride parade held in contempt at Boston court. Now, here's why this is interesting. The judge said he was not going to dismiss these charges. Some of the charges he did dismiss. He warned her to stop reading and she refused. So he had her charged. To me, this sounds completely normal. A judge can hold you in contempt if he feels you're holding up proceedings. She felt the judge was overstepping. She's allowed to do that. But when the judge says, if you keep going, I will hold you in contempt. And then you keep going and get held in contempt. That's actually quite normal. I actually disagree with this. It's kind of shocking. I don't like the idea of a judge being able to just detain you in jail for, for whatever reason they want in their courtroom. To me, that seems a bit too authoritarian. Perhaps he could kick you out and it could damage your case. But I don't know. Look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to tell you why these things are the way they are. But um, the, the, the story, the, I, the gist of the story is what I just told you. Basically, he held her in contempt and now people are really, really angry. Of course, left-wing activists are acting like this is the state you know, coming after them. But I want to make one important point. When you have the FBI saying that armed conflict is likely, it's coming, 
And these people have been talking about these things on the internet, and they're dancing the line of whether or not they're making real threats. When you have AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, saying the concentration camps are on the border, then you have Sean King calling for terror. Then you have Democrats, I kid you not, fundraising for these people who were who arrested after several police were injured. I'm not saying they injured the police, but she's fundraising on behalf of far left extremists who are getting violent and attacking other American citizens, not the government. OK, the people they're protesting are just American citizens exercising their rights and they wanted to get violent. They get arrested. Well, now a judge is holding her in contempt, maybe unusual. Sure. But listen, the judge gave her a warning. It's not like he just arbitrarily was like, take her away, boys. No, he said, please stop reading. Otherwise, you'll be charged. You'll be held in contempt. And she kept reading. So if you want to protest in the court, don't be surprised. And she was held for a few hours. So listen, the judge won't let these charges drop. Boston is not having any of this, this violence. But the, the reason I want to bring these stories up together, for one, this is not that big of an update. You know, it is what it is. Take it for what it is. Um, it seems like the escalation is, is absolutely in front of us, but it also seems like law enforcement is well aware. With the FBI tracking these groups as of May, with the court system in, in Boston now saying, enough, enough. This may be a move in the right direction or admittedly a move in the, in, in the wrong direction because, look, I'm not a big fan of government law enforcement agencies. It's hard to know for sure. But I do think we need something to stop these, these far-left extremists. We cannot live in a country where you can't even go outside. Look, I put on an event. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep highlighting this because we got, we got some news coming soon. We were having a bar party, me and a bunch of people, a bar at a brewery, and these people tried shutting it down. We can't live in this world where they're threatening us, us with violence because we want to have a beer. We weren't even marching. We were like, hey, we're going to meet at a bar for a drink. And they tried to shut it down. The police had to come out. Protesters were, were there threatening people. Okay, so this is getting out of hand. I don't know what the solution is. But this is what I, why I predicted Antifa will bring about fascism in this country for one reason. Look at this picture with these police standing out in front of a bar, blocking the street, shutting it down. The only reason the police came out was to protect patrons of a bar, a brewery. These people are screeching and getting violent. They're threatening armed violence and they're threatening other people who want to march through the street. Regular people are going to call for the state to protect them. Fascism will come about because Antifa is threatening apolitical people. So what happens next? We're going to end, you know, I, I think it's like dominoes falling down. More police in the street, triggering more protests, actions like this. These people are whiny children who demand everything and refuse to play fair. So the state comes in and then puts police on the streets and arrests them. They then use it as evidence of repression by the state to recruit more. And the cycle continues until it all falls down. So I don't know what the solution is. Can't tell you. Sorry. I just see it getting worse. Anyway, stick around. Next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. And I will see you all then. This may be one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard. When I heard about it, I almost didn't believe it. Read the headline right there. Haverford Township closes fire company for failing to take action against volunteer allegedly affiliated with extremist group. Okay. What's the extremist group you say? Well, you've probably seen the title of this video. So, you know, it's the Proud Boys. Yes, a volunteer firefighter was a Proud Boy. And so they shut the entire fire department down. How insane is that? I will stress, part of me thinks it's kind of good in some ways because we really need to get away from the escalation in the culture war. However, 
I think this in the end is just an escalation of the culture war. The dude was a volunteer, man. Seriously. Okay. So apparently what happens is a proud, someone outs this guy as a proud boy. He resigns. The fire department says we refuse to accept it. We don't care. And so the township shuts down the entire fire department. A a volunteer fire. Okay. Let's read the story. They say, Haverford Township, a local volunteer fire company, shut down after a member's ties to an extremist group surfaced. Okay, if you're going to call the Proud Boys an extremist group, like no one's done that. A lot of people tried claiming the FBI did. They didn't. That's not true. But you got to call anti for the same thing. And they're different groups. But anyway, let's read on. Haverford Township officials closed the Bon Air Fire Company after they say the fire company failed to act on the issue. Sources tell CBS3 that not only was he a volunteer firefighter, but he was also the vice president of the fire company. Well, you know, so he was a high up. Established in 1918, the Bon Air Fire Company has served Haverford Township, excuse me, for more than a century. But on Wednesday evening, the firehouse was effectively closed. They issued a statement. So I actually have this statement they published. We'll read this in a second. But um, let's go back to the uh, story. They say... At this point, the Bon Air Fire Company is out of service, and that's from the police chief, John Viola. The issue, according to township officials, has to do with one of the volunteers. On August 14th, an anonymous tip came in, saying one of the firefighters had tried to become a member of a group some believed to be extreme. So wait, wait, he wasn't actually a Proud Boy? Sources tell CBS3 the group is called the Proud Boys. (laughs) You know what, man? Gavin McInnes has caused the world great problems. I, you know what, from Vice and everything Vice has done, okay, I understand he left a while ago, to the Proud Boys, it seems that things that he's done that were supposed to be kind of silly have turned into serious and real things. Talk about one of the most influential people on the planet. I'm not saying you have to like the guy, but come on, look what's going on. This is nuts. The township says the group's tenet is that they are Western chauvinists who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world and promoted closed borders, anti-political correctness, and venerating the housewife. And it was all a joke. Can you, can you believe this? If You should watch the, the Joe Rogan, Gavin McInnes interview where he talks about how the whole thing was a big joke, where they punch each other while naming breakfast cereals, and it turned into whatever this is. The volunteer allegedly admitted in an interview at the township that he attended several of the group's gatherings and passed two of their four steps in the initiation process, including hazing, where they punch him until he names five breakfast cereals. The volunteer stated he had attempted to distance himself from the group in recent months. So, so, so you know what, man, there's no redemption today, right? If that was the case, we should be done with it, right? Apparently not. It was assigned to our deputy chief and did a full background investigation and found there was no criminal activity at all. So what did he do wrong? Viola says the matter was then turned over to the board of commissioners. The board suggested the firefighter resign. He tried to, but the Bon Air Fire Company board refused his resignation. So on Wednesday night, township officials met in uh, an executive session. Now, now I want to stress something. I recently made a video about a community college professor who was aligned with Antifa, and I said he should not have been fired. The, 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 The controversy there, the difficult position is that he is dancing the line. This Antifa guy was dancing the line on whether or not he actually wanted to commit violence. But I believe he ultimately didn't get to that point. Now, look, I'm not gonna, I can't rehash everything I thought at the time of the video, but I will stress now, 
He was saying things like, I know who I'd like to hit with a rock or something. It's like, right, you know, you're dancing the line. It is getting dangerous, but that's not a threat. So look, man, I really don't like the escalation. This will just make things worse. This is going to inflame and enrage one side of the conversation because the dude tried to resign and the dude actually tried distancing himself, but it's never enough. So we look, let people express themselves. So long as they're not committing crimes, this shouldn't be happening. You know, again, I want to stress the point I was making earlier that what is potentially good in this, a small little iota, is that people are having no tolerance for the culture war. But in the end, I think this will lead to escalation. So it's, oh, it's resoundingly bad. And again, this guy didn't do anything wrong. Look, if you identify as Antifa and you're not going around beating people, I have no problem. Like, fine, you know, do your thing. If you're going to, you know, work at a job and you think Antifa is great and you talk about it all the time and you go to meetings, still don't care. You have a right to, you have a right to assemble. You have a right to your opinion. And this is insane. They say, the township manager's decision was that we would remove all the fire, remove the fire apparatus from the Bon Air Fire Company and shut them down temporarily until this can be resolved. Firefighting gear now hangs neatly arranged inside the chief's vehicle still parked in the garage. And though there were people inside the fire hall, no one wanted to speak. There was a fire right here a few weeks ago. They just put it out, one neighbor said. It's sad. A 100-year-old fire company is shutting down. Even so, Neighbors say they're comforted by the fact the township is served by four other companies, all within two and a half miles of the Bonaire section. The closest is just a half mile away. So, okay, so they still have a fire department, but not in their township. They're very reliable, so I feel very comfortable about that. But actually, I want to stress a half a mile. Hey, man, that matters. That matters. This is ridiculous. So I get it. You have a fire department. But if a fire starts and they can't get there as fast as the other department, you'll regret it. You absolutely will. The president of the Haverford Township Board of Commissioners, Andy Lewis, released a statement on the issue saying, as individuals and public officials, we have a fiduciary responsibility to the taxpayer to ensure that no tax dollars are used to support an individual or organization that is discriminatory in any way. And it wasn't. The dude was a volunteer. He was giving you his time. How absurd is this? Even when it comes to the Antifa professor guy, he was getting paid. So there's still an argument as to why the Antifa guy should have been fired for, you know, representing the college, whether it was intentional or not. I still disagree. Let the people express themselves and let the families and the, and the, and the students decide if they want to attend that class. He never made any direct threats. So I, I'm, I'm trying to be balanced on this. You know, I, I'm trying to make sure I operate on principles here and I'm not going to play sides. But look how insane it is that they've actually gotten a volunteer fired. Well, actually, it's worse than that. Antifa apparently, some, well, I shouldn't say Antifa, but somebody tipped off the department or the city. And the dude's a volunteer, man. How crazy is that? So this is, the, this is what they released. They said, Haverford Township announces the following changes to fire protection in the Bon Air section of the township. As background, on August 12th, Haverford Township officials received information alleging that a volunteer with the Bon Air Fire Company had been affiliated with an organization described as an extremist group. By who? God, it's time to stop this, man. By who? Because law enforcement didn't. The township immediately conducted an investigation into these allegations, including an interview with the volunteer. The volunteer admitted to attending several social gatherings. We get all this stuff. Let's, let's move on. They're going to say, on August 22nd, the Bon Air Fire Company solicitor sent an email to the Haverford Township solicitor indicating that the board of the fire company met, discussed the situation, and found no basis for terminating the volunteer's membership in the Bon Air Fire Company. The email included no indication 
that the fire company would take any action whatsoever because the dude didn't break any laws, man. You don't got to like the guy, but didn't break any laws. Same with the Antifa dude. Now, I get it, though. The Antifa guy was getting paid, you know, to work at this at the school, and that may have been bad for business, but this is a volunteer. That's how insane everything's getting. They say, the volunteers' participation in an organization described as an extremist group and the Bonaire Fire Company's failure to address this matter conflicts with the public policy, which includes ensuring that all persons are treated fairly and equally. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The dude didn't do anything wrong, and you're shutting down the entire fire company. That is not a policy of treating people fairly and equally and all benefits of citizenship. Given the fire company board's failure to act, the township is compelled to take action effective, uh, effective by closing of business September 4, 2019, the Bonaire Fire Company has been relieved of duty indefinitely. How insane. There's going to be a fire and people are going to be waving and screaming at the fire company and they're going to be shrugging like, what do you want us to do about it? They, they, they go on to mention that there's other towns nearby within 2.5 miles. But I got to tell you, man, one and a half, uh, one half mile away from Bonaire Station, it sounds to me like these other stations may have already provided service when, when needed. But is it worth the risk? That to me is nuts. You know what, man? I don't like the escalation. I don't like the constant street battles. But I also don't think this is the answer because the dude is a volunteer who didn't do anything illegal. How can we shut? Like, you know what? It speaks for itself. They shut down the entire fire department because of one guy who was a volunteer. To me, this is crazy. You know, I don't know what I'll leave it there. Uh, stick around. Next segment will be coming up at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast. And I will see you all then. Boy, I sure didn't want to do a video about this, but uh, I, I guess I have to. Joe Biden, the other day on CNN, talking about climate change, when his eye filled up with blood, and it's uh, a little worrying. Look, man, Joe is an old dude, and I think he... I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I think Joe needs to, to step this one, you know, he needs to, to, to stop, you know? He's, he's really old. I know Trump is also uh, not too much uh, younger than, than Joe Biden. So I'll say this. Look, I mean, it's bad enough Trump is as old as he is running for a second term. But there's a difference. Joe Biden seems to have trouble speaking. Okay, his gaffes, some people are calling it what's it called, like sundown syndrome, where later in the day, his brain isn't working too good. Joe should be relaxing. You know, he's, he served his country. He was vice president. Tremendous respect to anybody who serves. You know, it doesn't matter about politics. I think people, you know, deserve respect when they're trying to do the right thing, regardless of whether you agree with them or not. But now Joe is just old. And I'm, I'm going to show you the photo right now. All right. I hope you're ready. And then we'll read a little bit about this because I, I don't know. They, they, they have a really, really long story about Joe's eye. But uh, is it, yeah, I think there's a bigger photo. Oh, whatever. Well, there you go. His eye filled up with blood. I guess it's like a bur- burst capillary. And I don't think it's actually that big of a deal because it, it, it can happen. You know, it happens to a lot of people. I don't think it's that uh, uncommon, actually. But it's just another sign. It's another grain of sand in that heap of Joe is just too old for this. Now, for the longest time, I thought the strategy with Joe, and, and it may be the case. This, this is my theory. The reason they're having him run is because he captures a lot of that Obama energy. A lot of people who want more Obama might vote for Biden. But then what they do is they have him on stage and they have him get taken down by the newcomer. Have you guys seen, it's a really good point. I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but um, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Um, it's, not, it's not a big spoiler. But in the beginning of the movie, they make the point that this, this guy who used to be a big famous TV star, he keeps playing the bad guy because what the shows are trying to do is they want you to see the old dude being taken down and replaced by the new guy. That's the point. 
So I thought they were going to do something, do something similar with Joe. You know, have him come out, have him be the front runner like he is. And then within a few months, he's going to start getting taken down by the new upstarts, you know, like Bernie or Elizabeth or Kamala. And we saw that a little bit with Kamala when she went after him. And, and she really, really like, you know, it, okay, hold on. In the first debate, Kamala Harris went after Joe and it worked really, really well for her. In the second debate, she kept trying to do the same thing twice. Well, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. It worked. Try something else. But she kept trying to go after Biden. And that's why I think that's their plan. Biden has no intention of running to the end. He's going to drop out at some point. And, and this is just another example of this dude is not, not capable. I'm sorry, man. Again, I'm not trying to be mean because the dude's old, but come on, you know, at a certain point, you need someone younger in there. So let's, let's read a little bit about this. They say, they talk about his eye filling up with blood. We get it. The 76-year-old former vice president has long faced questions about his age during the course of his campaign for the Democratic nomination. In October last year, before formally entering the race, Biden said that age is a totally legitimate thing to raise. I think it's totally appropriate for people to look at me and say, if I were to run for office again, well, God darn, you're old. Well, chronologically, I am old, he said. Every voter is entitled to know exactly what kind of shape you're in. You owe it to them. It's a legitimate, legitimate question, and so I think age is relevant. In the past, Biden has had some uh, serious health struggles. In 1988, he had to have emergency surgery because an aneurysm burst, as reported by the Washington Examiner. A few months later, he had a second aneurysm burst, which required Biden to take seven months off from working in the Senate. They literally had to take the top of my head off, he said later about the operation. Doctors removed a benign polyp during a colonoscopy in 1996. That I didn't need to know. Thank you, Daily Mail. In 2003, Biden had his gallbladder removed. He also suffers from asthma and allergies and takes a prescription drug to lower his cholesterol. He also has taken medication for an enlarged enlarged prostate. Biden hasn't disclosed his medical history since 2008, when doctors found he had an irregular heartbeat. Should he win the 2020 presidential election, he would be the oldest president ever to be inaugurated. Okay. I think after reading all of that stuff, which was a bit, you know, a bit too much information in some capacities, I don't know. I feel like this guy shouldn't be running. Um, Bernie Sanders, I think, is like the same age, too. So come on. Something's really going wrong, I got to admit. When the Democrats can't muster any young upstart, there's something wrong with the charisma on the left. And I think this plays into everything I just talked about on the main channel and all of these segments about comedy. Think about it. Think about the idea that the left can't meme. What does that really mean? It means they can't. There's, there's no charisma. There's no humor. There's no inspiration. When people look to Joe Biden, do you think they're thinking to themselves, man, I really want to be like that guy? I don't think so. So I sneeze. I'm fight, fighting a sneeze. Give me a second. But I, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have, might have been um, Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. Somebody said the American dream is to be Donald Trump. There are a lot of people who look up to Donald Trump and think they want to be like that guy. Rich, tall, successful, beautiful model immigrant wife, says whatever he wants. He, could, he, he, could, he talks about grabbing women, you know, the whole thing. People look up to that. I'm not saying he's a good, uh, uh, he's a, he's a, of good moral character or that I look up to him, but you got to admit people do. How many people do you think look up to Joe Biden? I'm sure there are some, but Joe Biden is the B tier 2008, uh, 2012 candidate. Obama is the guy people are probably looking up to, not Joe Biden. Joe Biden was the guy who couldn't make it on his own. He became the vice president. I'm sure the same is true to an extent with, with Pence, but Pence, I'm not trying to be mean. Again, he's got a little bit more dignity going on because Joe Biden is an old guy who gaffs a lot and then his eye burst, like right on stage. And it's just, 
You know, I, I, I feel bad because I think Joe has, 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 has done his job and it's time to bow out. And I feel like he should. I, I can't believe he's wrong, to be honest. But uh, let's li- read a little bit more. They say, Biden, who served as vice president under former U.S. President Barack Obama and was a senator from Delaware for decades, leads the pack of 20 Democrats seeking the party. We know all this. They say he's positioned himself as a pragmatist. We get it. But Biden has stumbled in public statements in recent weeks, confusing details of a ceremony honoring soldiers and mixing up the names of states that he had visited, among others. While he has long been known for making verbal gaffes and in some circles is almost beloved for them, Democrats desperate to unseat Trump worry that the verbal misfires will make the 76-year-old seem too old to take on Trump. Seem too old? Even though the two are in close age. That's true, but come on, man. The dude just had a a vein popping his eyeball on, on live television. I don't think, I think you combine all these things and it's about time we say, take, take, take it easy, brother. You're done. Uh, I, and also stress this point too. Whatever my opinion is on what he should or shouldn't be doing, think about how this is going to affect voters. You think voters are going to be like, that's a guy I'm going to vote for. No, they're going to be like, this dude's too old. Biden joked about his frequent verbal gaffes on one television show while laying out plans to combat climate change on another Wednesday night. A high-stakes balancing act aimed at showing up his lead among Democrats seeking their party's nomination. In an appearance on the CBS program The Late Show with Colbert, Biden pretended to confuse Colbert with another comedian and talk show host Jimmy Kimmel, provoking laughter from the audience. I think it's fair to go after a political figure for anything, Biden said. But here's the deal. Any gaffe that I've made, and I've made gaffes like every politician I know, has not been about a substantive issue. Uh, that's not true, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure it is a substantive issue when you're talking about what state you're currently in. All right, let me stress this point. Okay, I get it. He's talking about policy positions. Okay. He did say something like, you know, we care more more about facts than the truth or some ridiculous, you know, statement. But I think it's really important for the president to know where they are. Yeah, I mean, I mean that seriously. I mean, could you imagine if Joe Biden went to Saudi Arabia and thought he was in Egypt? That could be really, really bad because he might negotiate the wrong thing. He went to one state and thought it was a different state. I don't know. I feel like that's substantive. To keep his lead, Biden must persuade voters not only that he is strong enough to battle Trump, but that he is a, that he's serious about taking on important issues that Democrats are passionate about. During the CNN town hall on climate change, Biden was one of 10 Democrats taking questions. We get all this. What, is, what, what, are, they, what are they even writing about this point? Look, the main point is the dude's really old and we know he's old. Why did Biden's eye turn red? Okay, let's, oh, there we go. They say, uh, as he turned away from the camera, blood in his eye was easy to to spot. The Mayo Clinic, a US-based medical center, says the most common causes of red eye are conjunctivitis or burst blood vessels. Very clearly a burst blood vessel. The former complaint can be caused by allergy, no. Red eyes can also be a side effect of eye drops. No, it's very clearly blood, man. Why did the eye, why did it happen? Mr. Biden appears to have suffered from a subconjunctival hemorrhage during his interview. There we go. This is an innocuous condition which occurs when one of the small blood vessels on the surface of the eye leaks and generally resolves within one or two weeks. No treatment is required. There is often no underlying cause, but if an individual is experiencing this condition regularly, a blood test would be advisable. And this is the point I was making, right? It's, it's probably nothing, but it is alarming to a lot of people. They say coughing or sneezing symptoms commonly associated with allergies and experienced by asthma sufferers could have been the cause of this. Other causes include stress or raised blood pressure. Less common causes are diabetes or the side effects of some prescribed medication. It could be that he's about to go on CNN and he got nervous, but I really doubt it. 
It could just be that his blood pressure is really high. All that really matters is here's a dude who's probably too old to be running for president. And I'll say straight up, the same is true for, for Bernie Sanders and Trump. However, Trump, I, he, d- Trump doesn't gaff so much as Trump just says whatever's on his mind. And he doesn't appear to have, you know, like, j- like Bernie Sanders is old, okay? But I look at Bernie and I'm like, yeah, okay, he's not bursting blood vessels in his eyes or failing to speak properly. I just think they're all too old, man. But, but Biden is the one who probably should bow out of this fight. You know, whatever. I, 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 look, I think every Democrat would probably agree at this point. Anyone who's paying attention, especially on Twitter, even people like the Young Turks and conservatives, I'm going to have to say, I think there's a unanimous vote among, among politically active people that this dude's probably, it's time to, time to, go, to, to go chill, man. Anyway, stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. On my main channel today, I talked about how far-left cancel culture is creating an army of secret Trump voters. And it's true. It's been talked about for years, even before Trump was elected. We know this is what's happening. And I want to focus in on one of the things I mentioned at the very end of the video. Utah couple are banned from waving their Betsy Ross flag at uh, Real Salt Lake soccer games because the team says it has become a symbol for hate groups. All right. You're getting me angry now. You see, you're getting me angry. And I'm the milk toast fence sitter. Are you kidding me? Have you lost your minds? The American flag is not a symbol for hate groups unless you think this country itself is a hate group. Now you're getting me angry. You see, you want to wave the American flag, do it. It was bad enough when Colin Kaepernick led this huge stink about the Betsy Ross flag. But now here we are. It's literally getting people banned. You can't wave a flag. All right. It's the original flag of America. It's not a hate symbol, period. Neither is the Gadsden flag. I think we're doomed, man. Maybe there's some good news. Maybe, maybe this will result in a backlash where people push back and say, no way, man, I'm going to wave my flag. Maybe people will start buying Betsy Ross flags. It's nuts. It's, it's absolutely insane. All right, let's read the story. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com donate in order to support my work. There is a PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address. But the best thing you can do is share this video because in order to, 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 to grow the channel and do all the stuff I got to do, I need, you know, word of mouth. And the reason for that is YouTube used to, to, to recommend content they thought was good. Now they just recommend CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, which means if I'm going to compete with them, it really comes down to word of mouth. But let's read. A Utah couple say they have been banned from waving a Betsy Ross flag at Major League Soccer games because the team considered it a symbol for hate groups. Randolph and Diana Scott, who are season ticket holders for the Real Salt Lake team, said they were asked to take down their Betsy Ross flag during a recent home game match. They claimed staff at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy told them that they would be kicked out if they didn't put away the Revolutionary War era U.S. flag with 13 white stars in a circle. Randolph regularly paints his mohawk like an American flag and stands near the pitch wearing his real Salt Lake merchandise. Look at these fine Americans who happen to like soccer and color their hair and wave American flags. How absurd is this? He usually waves an American flag at games, but faced immediate backlash when he took his Betsy Ross flag, which is named after the Philadelphia woman credited with designing the symbol last month. Wait, oh, last month he was waving the flag. Not, she didn't design the flag last month. I was like, wait a minute. Diana bought it for me actually because my other flag was kind of old and falling apart, Randolph told Fox 13. The complaints, the, the complaints from other fans escalated last weekend and staff asked the couple to take the flag down. 
They kept telling us if he wasn't going to take it down, we were going to be rejected from the game. The couple initially refused to take, take down the flag. They eventually put it away when staff said they risked being thrown out of the stadium. He asked me, he's like, so what's the purpose of the flag? Randolph said, I was like, well, cause we love America. That's it. That's it. I love America too. You know, it's really hard to find like a moderate left-leaning individual who really loves America and capitalism. This country is in trouble. I'll tell you that. If you can't show up with an American flag mohawk waving an American flag in America, I don't, I don't know where we're headed, man. All I know is this getting, it's getting so insane, especially how, how, how do we get to this point? It seems like people just believe anything they hear on the internet without proof. Seriously. Colin Kaepernick made up this story about the Betsy Ross flag being offensive. Nike bought it, canceled the shoe, and then media reprinted it. And now everyone is claiming it's true. Dude, are you, these people are insane. They talk about how the guy regularly, so here's the flag, I guess. They talk about how he's got his mohawk and everything. Here's the flag. How controversial is that? It's just the American flag. In fact, I'm pretty sure I had one in grade school. People are losing their minds, man. I, I have to stress this. This not only makes me angry, it ma- this makes me angry for a lot of reasons. For one, I respect the flag. I believe this is a good country. I believe this country has its faults. I believe we should protest those faults. But boy, have we done a great job since the inception of this nation. That's a fact. I've been to a lot of places in this world, and I recognize the history and the importance of history. Beyond just it being an American flag, it is a symbol of where we've come from. You'll notice behind me, I always have these things. I collect, I collect things. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. I've got police tape from where a man executed, assassinated two police officers. This is the police tape, right? You can't really see it, but it's on my wall. And that was my block. A guy assassinated two cops. I took that tape. I saved it. I've got, you know, I've got something from Fukushima in Japan. I've got little, little things from all of the places I've been to. Not all, well, I have a box of more stuff because I recognize the importance of the symbols representing where we've come from. That's why this makes me mad as well. You can't just take the American flag and claim it's a hate symbol. It's literally just the original flag, but that's where we're going. So I can see one of two futures, a future in which America is a hate group and everything America is removed or a future where people who believe in America fight back and say, listen, man, I am not a hardcore nationalist by no stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not. I've actually talked about this and I believe a globalist future is inevitable. So it's pointless to just be an overt hardcore nationalist about America, America. But I do like America. I do respect our borders. And so in that sense, I'm a milk toast fence sitter. Okay. I believe it's important that we have international trade in a certain sense. We can't have our jobs being shipped overseas. I believe border security is important, but I do think immigration is great too. I don't consider myself to be a hardcore nationalist, never have. In fact, I think global relations is extremely important as we move forward in preventing war and surviving and, 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 and solving Fermi's paradox. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. The point is, I'm, I'm, I am not by any means like a hardcore internationalist or nationalist. I'm kind of just like a middle of the road person in America who's like, we have a country for a reason. It's a community that protects us. I recognize the importance of our history and symbols of our history, and you can't just take it and claim it's a hate symbol. Real Salt Lake said in a statement, they didn't want the Betsy Ross flag flying at the stadium because it had recently become a symbol of hate groups. No, it hasn't. You made that up. That's not true. Pictured above is the flag posted on the side of uh, the Betsy Ross house in Philadelphia. So it's not their flag. When people see me or Diana with the flag, I hope they can understand that it's about the freedoms we have here in America, the legacy that America has. I think 
This is part of the insane culture that's going to result in Trump winning and 2024 going Republican and the nationalists like the hardcore nationalists are going to dominate. Look, I don't care if you're a nationalist or internationalist. I just really, I care about direct policy, making sure we can improve this nation. Um, so I guess it's nationalist in a sense. But I think, you know, there, there are a lot of things that we can do in terms of international relations. Actually, let me put it this way. They have those tests where they ask you questions about trade and borders and stuff. And I always fall relatively in the middle on most of these things. The point is, we're not, we, we, we can't survive as a community. We, we, we tax people. What, what, what is the criteria for being taxed? You're an American, okay? That's the community we, community we live in. We are protected based on a constitution that is based on America. And now we are falling into this pit where people have lost their minds. Real Salt Lake said in a statement, yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, and very controversially, as well as surprising to us, the colonial flag has been adopted as a symbol for hate groups, the team said. That was made up. It's just, we're swimming in fake news. We're swimming in absolute fake news. These people don't do any research and they don't care. So what's, what's the future going to be like? Any controversial flags? I, 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 I'm, I'm losing it on this one. I'm getting angry. Any controversial flags or other similar banners or signs with symbols of hatred, divisiveness, and or intolerance, whether intentional or otherwise, otherwise, will not be permitted in our stadiums, period. The flag was the center of a firestorm back in July when Colin Kaepernick made up some stupid BS about the flag being offensive to nobody. And simply because some rich dude went out there saying, y'all should ban these shoes. They did. And now you can't wave a flag for this country. Man, we're doomed. (laughs) Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping there's a lot of regular Americans who are going to see this and they're going to say, what is going on, man? You can't even wave the American flag anymore. Now that's bad. Now that is scary. That's why I should share this video. Are there seriously people who think you shouldn't be waving an American flag now? I remember growing up, the Democrats all loved waving American flags. Now what are they? This is insane. uh, Even Daily Mail says, although extremist groups appear to have appropriated the flag, they haven't. No one has. It is not widely viewed as a symbol of hate and is used in museums that focus on the 18th century U.S. history. The Anti-Defamation League does not include it in its database of hate symbols. This is just nuts, man. What's, you know, they, they got the OK symbol. They got milk. Milk! And, and, and all they have to do is claim it is. That's how, in, that, that's, that's how completely, like, everything's falling apart, you know? American culture cannot survive. We cannot survive as a country if this is what people are doing because some lunatic calls up a shoe company and says, I think that shoe's offensive. So you know what, man? I'm, I'm kind of hopeful when I see things like Dave Chappelle, but this, nah, not so much. But I, but I will stress, maybe there is some hope in this, in that people will see this and think we've gone too far. You have gone too far when you can't even wave an American flag anymore in America. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes and I'll see you shortly. So Walmart announced they're no longer going to sell ammunition. And I think, I think some other things. We'll, we'll read through this. But I want to make a point about this story. This is from the National Review. They say, Walmart's retreat on guns means woke capitalism is here to stay. Perhaps. Perhaps woke capitalism is here to stay. I read the, the segment before this was talking about the American flag now being a hate symbol. You can't even wave it at a soccer game. However, this I think is good news. Walmart is not a good thing. I do not like Walmart, but I do shop there but I don't like it. See, Walmart is not- has been notoriously accused of destroying small town business. 
You have a town with a bunch of small shops. You got a butcher shop. You got a, you know, a, a, you got a shoe shop. You got a barber. You got all, you got an eye doctor. Then Walmart shows up and sells literally everything. And then all of these smaller businesses close down. It's been the subject of like family guy episodes and South Park episodes. The left has routinely railed on Walmart. Now they're cheering for Walmart. Yes, because Walmart has decided they won't sell ammunition anymore. And I think other guns too. I don't know. We'll, we'll read into it. But I think it's a good thing. You know why? The less Walmart sells, the more opportunity for small business. This means with Walmart no longer selling ammo, you're going to be, you're going to see the rise of new businesses. Smaller gun shops are going to now have an opportunity to, to compete and grow and expand. And that's good. Small business drives this country and Walmart is not good. Now I will say Walmart is good in some capacities. They're small towns that had very little access to a lot of products. Now they do because of Walmart. It's not all bad. And it is a lot easier and it saves time to be able to just go to one store. But in the end, there are good things and bad things about Walmart. And I lean towards it being negative, this gigantic conglomerate, you know, corporate entity where they've got staff that can't, they they don't pay their staff enough. So their staff has to go on welfare. Not a fan, not a fan. At least that's what I heard in my opinion. Let's read this story. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There's a PayPal option, a crypto option, and a physical address. But of course, just share this video. Why? Well, you know what? I don't care why I share the video. I'm just confused. As I'll say this. Share it because there are a lot of people on the left who normally rag on Walmart, who are now praising Walmart, and I'm just so confused. Do you like the corporation or not? Do you like that the massive corporation destroyed all the small businesses and now can just snap their fingers and remove a product from a community? Think about it this way. Let's say you had all these stores. Let's say say you have an eye doctor. Walmart appears. Walmart has eye doctors. Now, Now all of a sudden, there's no more eye doctor in your neighborhood. Then Walmart says, we think glasses are the devil's work and we're no longer gonna sell them. Now, where do you go? The small business shut down. If Walmart decides to stop, stop carrying a certain product, then you've got nothing left because they shut down the other business. Think about this. There are probably areas where gun shops closed because Walmart moved in. For real. And now that Walmart decided not to sell ammo, guess what? Those areas now likely don't have shops with ammo. You don't have to, And look, there's going to be a lot of people on the left laughing about it. Happy. Good. Guns are bad. Listen, man, I am never going to cheer for a massive corporation shutting down an industry arbitrarily because they strangled out small business. We live in a crazy, crazy time. I'll tell you what. Let's read. David French writes, my first job was selling guns at Walmart. I was a clerk in the sporting goods department at our local store in Georgetown, Kentucky. Georgetown was a much smaller place then. This was years before Toyota came to town, put an immense car plant in a field not far from my house and started producing Camrys by the tens of thousands. The population was less than 10,000. Tobacco farms dotted the countryside, and Future Farmers of America was one of the largest clubs in my school. This was also an era when students would roll into class in the morning still wearing hunting camouflage with their rifles in the trunks of their cars or mounted in their pickups. So when I started my work life selling guns, the only thing that was notable about my job was the wage, $3.70 per hour, a full 35 cents more than minimum wage. I can't tell you how many rifles, pistols, and handguns I sold during my brief Walmart career. And I'm going to stop right here and say, David, I just don't care. So let's move on and talk about what's actually happening. He says, so I was more interested than most to read about Walmart's latest retreat from the firearms business. Responding to the recent string of mass shootings, including one in a Walmart store in El Paso, the company announced that it was ending sales of handgun ammunition and ammunition for AR-style rifles. The company's CEO also called for a debate on renewing an assault weapons ban and for strengthened background checks. 
Walmart had already largely stopped selling handguns and so-called assault weapons. And now a company born and bred in deep red America was decisively breaking with the culture that was indispensable in making Walmart the mightiest retailer in the land. I got to do this no matter what. Whenever they say assault weapons, I want to make sure I clarify for anybody who doesn't know, the law states the bills they're trying to pass. Read it. A handgun is an assault weapon. Seriously, a handgun with like like a Glock. That's an assault weapon. People seem to think it's like this full auto. No, no, it's basically any weapon. It's like, I'm sorry, any gun, like every single gun. Yep, like 95 or more percent of them. Woke capital is here to stay and Walmart proves it. At first glance, Walmart's decision is mystifying. What's next? NASCAR going all Prius to save the planet? Even if you grant the reality that Walmart, actually, I don't see anything wrong with NASCAR going all Prius to save the planet. If NASCAR wants to implement a new technology to make a more environmentally conscious conscious sport, I don't care about that. That's their choice. That's fine. And actually, it makes sense. It's just a sport. You know what I mean? And I think it does make sense for us to upgrade the technology of our sporting events. Not at, not at sacrifice, you know, not to sacrifice speed or anything. If they could, fit, like, actually, don't electric cars have better torque? That'd be pretty cool, actually. Electric car racing? They, I'd imagine they could probably go faster, right? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, let's read. Even if you grant the reality that Walmart has grown far beyond its original red state base, why would the company want to alienate half their customer base? Hey, look, you can complain all day and night, but there's a huge hole in the market. So let's see if the free market can pick up the slack. How many people now are, are going to be laughing saying, wow, you could open an ammo store right next to Walmart, right across the street, and you'd make bank. You'd get every single one of their customers who now can't buy from them. I would not be surprised if from this, you see literally just ammunition shops popping up. Walmart decimated small business. And now people need a product and there's an opportunity when there's a hole in the market and you produce it, you make the money. Like, look at my content, right? The way I view my channel is that it's like centrist commentary and there's a huge hole in the market for that because of everyone becoming so hyper-partisan. So you, you, you take some milk toast fence hitter, drop in front of a camera, and then all of a sudden people are watching it. Look how great that is, right? You get conservatives who are tired of left-wing lies who like watching it, and you get liberals who are tired of, you know, just conservative commentary, or I'm sorry, who don't get real liberal commentary. You, you, you have polarized content. And then finally, people are like, it's a little bit better just to get something a little toned down, right? It was a hole in the market, and that's why Subverse did well, and it's why I do well. One of the reasons. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know why you guys watch my stuff, <laughs> but maybe that's the reason. I think that's my assessment. Which goes on to say, that's old America style thinking. This is new America. And new America is in the grips of profound negative polarization. He says that means that Americans who participate in politics are motivated more by distaste for the other side than they are by any particular affection for their own. Indeed, affection for politicians on your side is often dependent on the level of disgust they can display for your opposition. That is called virtue signaling. In this new America, the calculus has changed. It used to be that if you spoke as a corporation, you risked alienating customers. Now you also risk alienating customers if you don't speak. No, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. These companies should shut up. They should shut up and mind their own business. And that's it. And ignore it. Ignore everything. My best advice, the best advice I've ever seen from PR companies is say nothing, do nothing. People keep complaining about Walmart. Walmart, just don't say anything. People will forget and they'll move on. No, Walmart wanted to play that game. All of these woke companies wanted to play that game. And what did Gillette see? Gillette saw an $8 billion write down because their social focused ads failed. You should have shut up 
and sold face razors. Nobody cares about your opinion on masculinity, Gillette. You, sh- you sell hair trimming products for men and women. So please just tell me why it's going to trim my beard and I'll buy it or I won't. But when you come to me and pander on politics, I don't care. Why is Walmart the, mo- the arbiter of morality? I don't care. I'll tell you what, man. The one thing that is true is woke politics, woke corporation, woke capitalism is not, it's, it's not going to make any money. I'm sorry it won't. Okay. But I will say this. Walmart didn't take this decision lightly. I'd imagine they were probably looking at their ammunition sales thinking, who cares? Who cares? You, you, you think these companies make these decisions lightly? They probably go over every you know, number and say, what can we afford to lose? What will we gain? I'll tell you what, though. They're not going to gain any customers from this. They only risk losing customers. So I can't imagine why the hell they would do it. Not only are you going to lose customers who want to buy ammo, you're going to lose customers who are offended that you did this. It just seems to not make any sense. But what do I know? Maybe the people working at Walmart have become ideologically woke. And now they think, hey, who cares about selling products people want? But I will, I will end with by saying this one thing. Any business that's going to prioritize ideology over service, I can't imagine surviving in the long run. Now, Walmart has the advantage because they've, do, they, because they've dominated the, the industry. They've shut down small businesses and choked everybody out. But I don't know. If they keep going this path, imagine all of the ammunition shops that might start popping up. Imagine the gun shops that are local to these Walmarts that are now going to see an increase in profits, and they're going to start ordering more because Walmart isn't. I can't imagine capitalism can be taken down by ideology because in the end, if somebody wants something, they'll buy it. The laws don't stop the sale of guns and, and drugs. Prohibition, the law didn't stop it. Somebody wants it. Capitalism finds a way. Anyway, thanks for hanging out. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Podcast every day at 6.30 p.m. And I will see you all next time.